Hello everyone, you're listening to America Meditating Radio. We collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts on demand 24-7. I'm Sister Jenna, host of the syndicated America Meditating Radio. Join us as we talk one-on-one with leading experts who answer life's most compelling questions. Because in a world of uncertainty, we need answers right here, right now. America Meditating Radio, a show for everyone to learn more about this amazing thing called life. Who are you? Let me just ask you that again. Who are you? of a good relationship with intentions and goals is keeping in mind that the primary aim of setting and working towards those goals is to feel the way you want to feel. The external things we want to have and do and experience, those are your secondary goals, all of which will get you back to the whole cosmic point, experiencing your core desired feelings.
here's the diamond of it all. Knowing how you actually want to feel is the most potent form of clarity that you can have. And generating those feelings is the most powerfully creative thing that you can do with your life. It is your birthright to have your desires fulfilled. Every desire is a prayer. Desire is the underpinning of manifestation. Hello, everyone. Welcome to America Meditating Radio. That was Daniel Laporte, one of my favorite tracks on the Heartbeat album by Monique Rhodes, Desires Divine. And if you happen to be starting your day off by listening to America Meditating, I think it's a great way to serve your mind with thoughts that are higher and vibrations that are higher because the world right now is in a state that it's kind of pulling from us in different ways. A few of us uh, got together and went to the ATP tennis tour in D.C. And it was such a beautiful day and beautiful environment. And we were saying, oh, my gosh, it's like the whole world forgot that the country is going through such a rumpkus. And we were realizing that it's all a state of mind. So to what extent have you kept your mind in a place that is kinder, purer, more compassionate? And one of the things that affects the way our mind functions, it's also food. I'm sure you knew that. They always say that you are what you eat. And I've been floored by the statistics where veganism is concerned. Because up to 2018 so far, we're realizing an upsurge in the population of individuals converting into a vegan diet. There are over 600,000 vegans at this time. I think it's in the USA, but I can definitely get the the numbers clear. But The Economist and Forbes both declared 2019 as the year of veganism, something you didn't know. And Taiwan, Italy, and Austria, and Germany, and even the UK rank the countries with the highest rate of reported vegetarianism and also veganism around the world, which I thought was interesting that India got knocked out thinking that, you know, many, many years ago, India was the only vegetarian country where 90% of the um, residents of that country were actually vegetarians. But anyway, it turns out that vegan capital of the world happens to be Tel Aviv in Israel. <laughs> it's one of the most gorgeous cities, of course, but they've officially declared it as the vegan capital of the world. And I'd be curious to even find out and know why. But anyway, I'm having the show today because our very dear friend from Compassion Over Killing, Erica Meyer, who hosts a very, very wonderful veg fest every year. Let me tell you a little bit about Erica. She's the executive director of Compassion Over Killing. It's a nonprofit animal protection organization, and it's based right here in the metropolitan Washington, D.C. area. 
But since 1995, Compassion Over Killing has worked to expose farmed and animal abuse and promote veg-friendly eating by employing a variety of strategies, including hard-hitting on-the-cover investigations, groundbreaking proactive litigation, and successful corporate campaigns. It's also been empowering the public outreach as well. So since taking the helm in 20, um, 2005, Erica has taken the organization to absolutely new heights with continued growth and accomplishment for the well-being of our animals, our little four-legged creatures. Now, these accomplishments have earned her the coveted National Animal Rights Hall of Fame Award, which took place in 2013, and she's also appeared in several major news stories in CNN, ABC, Nightline News, Washington Post, and so much more. Today, we're welcoming back our dear friend Erica Mai to America Meditating. Hi, Erica. Welcome. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. So you're in that intense part where <laughs> veg fest is coming up, so let's just step right into that. How is everything coming along, and are you ready for it? Is the team ready? Is everybody psyched? Tell us a little bit about the annual D.C. Veg Fest. Yeah, it is. You're right. It is August 11th. <laughs> it's on a Sunday this year, and it's coming up really soon. So this is crunch time, but it's also really the most exciting time. It's when we see the most happen and most activity. So it's exhausting to finalize all the details, but it's also exhilarating because we know it's coming up and all of the work that we've been putting into it is now going to, you know, come together on that Sunday. And so what a few exciting things I just want to share this year. One is for people who've been going to this event for the past several years, it's in a new venue and it's in the same space where it's been before, but across the street. We're actually at the National Park stadium this year. So we've been in the parking lot next to the stadium for several years, and now we're moving into Nationals Park. So that's really exciting. It gives us a whole new array of opportunities and amenities that come with the stadium. So I just wanted to make sure people knew. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And then the other one is, is we've hosted, since we've been hosting this since 2009, it's been on a Saturday, and this year it's on a Sunday. So I just want to make sure people know that as well. But there are so many other great things happening this year, from the speakers to the vendors to other activities. But the main, as you mentioned earlier, the main focus is going to be all about the food. So come hungry is the main recommendation we suggest. Beautiful. So who are some of the special speakers that you'll have on August 11th? We have two different stages, sort of. One, the main stage that we've had every year. And then the second stage is more of a booth, but it's going to be called the Tri-Veg Tasting Booth. And so the main stage, we are going to be featuring a food justice panel, as well as a medical panel. And then we'll have a couple of cooking demos. Our MC is a comedian, Sean Savoy. Mm -hmm. And we'll have some of the specific speakers. Our cooking demos are Joe Yonan from the Washington Post. And our mm -hmm. other cooking demo is Chef Bev Kumari. And they will both be on at different times of the day. Bev is doing a vegan Italian cooking demo. I don't know the details of Joe yet, but he'll be whipping up some amazing plant-based options. And then we also have Tracy McCorder. She will be talking about her book, Ageless Vegan. And Tracy is based in the D.C. area, and she's been a speaker at our events before. She's incredibly mm -hmm. popular, really articulate, and has so much knowledge to share. So I hope people come out for that. Our medical panel is being spearheaded by Dr. Neil Bernard from Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine, and he also represents the Barnard Medical Center, which is in D.C., and it is a plant-based medical center. 
Now, I was just going to ask you, what's the difference between a plant-based diet and a vegan diet? Is there a difference? Yeah, I mean, some people do distinguish differences in, in how you define it. Um, from our organization's perspective, you know, we're really focusing on the concept that we don't need to eat animals. And under that premise, both vegan and plant-based would fit that definition. So I think it's how different people want to define it in different ways. But for us, it's not about the definitions and the labels. It's really about the actions we can take to protect our health, protect the animals, and protect the environment. And that simply is by choosing to not eat animals. Right. Now, both of us were meat eaters before the wokenness started and we started to think about (laughs) our little four-legged creatures and you've been a vegan though for over 20 years what suggestions would you offer those who are interested in vegetarian or vegan and for our listeners because we have a lot of folks who are always on the fence to make a higher jump Mm -hmm. in their life that listen to the show so if you can share with us the difference between a vegetarian diet and a vegan diet i think it'll also help them to understand clearly Yeah, so, yeah, you're right. I've been vegan for actually over 25 years at this point. But, you know, you make it seem so easy. (laughs) Well, (laughs) it's been a journey. It's definitely been a journey. And when I became vegan, I remember I was really had a strong conviction that I wanted to do this, but I didn't have a lot of access to information or even other Mm. people who were vegan to help me along the way. But, I, you know, you figure it out. But, So I was vegetarian for several years before I became vegan. And so the main difference between a vegetarian and a vegan is primarily in food choices of dairy and eggs. So a vegetarian is likely to continue eating dairy products, milk and cheese, et cetera, as well as eggs, whereas a vegan removes all animal ingredients from their diet, including a note that vegans don't eat eggs, vegans don't eat any dairy coming from a cow or other animal. So that's the significant difference. And there's, you know, the different labels and different definitions all in between that, you know, but again, it really, you know, especially for people who are new to this, I think the most important aspect to recognize is none of it, it's not about the label. Don't feel like you need to make, pick a label and then make all your food choices and decisions in life based on that. You, Mm -hmm. You really need to do what's comfortable for you and, you know, sometimes being outside of our comfort zone is the best way to make changes. So stepping into, you know, a new food arena, exploring new options, it's not a black or white issue. And, you know, the more we can explore new flavors, and that's really what the VegFest is all about. It's an opportunity to, and it's a free event. And the majority of people who come out are not vegetarians or vegans. They're there exploring Mm. and trying new foods, a lot of food samples, a lot of food vendors you may not have realized offer vegan options. So you realize how accessible vegan food is becoming. But it's really just about trying new options and exploring what flavors you like. And, you know, you're going to try vegan and vegetarian food you don't like. And that's okay because it doesn't mean you have to write off all vegan food because you tried one thing you don't like. It just means try something else because you don't, you know, most people don't like everything they eat. But, you know, take steps, and it's a social aspect as well. So support from someone else in your life is really a key if you can find Mm -hmm. that. But if you can't, you can find new social circles and come out to events and activities where you can find like-minded people to share ideas and recipes and food with. Well, I love it. You know, our producer, Antonia, you might not know this, 
but I can't get her to not keep including all the flyers. Every program that happens <laughs> at the meditation museum, or she goes out to exhibits, she's more giving mm-hmm. out the compassion of a killing DG than the flyers at ours. And I go, what's up? Are you working for compassion of a killing? <laughs> But uh, she's, she's such so a, wonderful. <laughs> she is, and she's such a supporter of a vegan, you know, culture and all of that. Now, does it count because I was born lactose intolerant? Can I be <laughs> kind of given some check marks, even though I love pizza with cheese? <laughs> That's my you only know, thing. It's a, it's, a, <laughs> it's a really interesting topic about lactose intolerance because a lot of people are trying to flip that language because uh-huh. as humans we are lactose intolerant. Like that is our natural state. And oh, some so people normal. have developed. Good. You're normal. You're lactose normal. <laughs> and people who can process lactose more regularly, it's, we've, that's, we've developed that over time. But there are great numbers of populations globally today who are lactose intolerant. And it's because we shouldn't be drinking milk from a cow. So you're lactose wow. normal. So if people are consuming dairy and they have reactions to it, and, you know, my dad is a great example of someone who I learned much later in life that he's lactose intolerant, but he kept eating dairy and just dealing with the problems because he thought that was normal. He thought that that's just what you experience, but you need to eat dairy. And then he started trying dairy-free options. Ice cream was his weakness. And mm-hmm. he started to realize, like, oh, I feel better now. Like, I had no idea wow. you're not supposed to have these reactions to dairy. So I think that's a really interesting topic, and people who are, you know, lactose intolerant, go for all those dairy-free options you're finding that are overtaking the shelves in the dairy aisle of grocery stores. Those yes. are, you know, those are great options, and that's what we should be consuming naturally. So here's my idea for compassion over killing. You start a brand called mm. Lactose Normal. Normal. <laughs> I think it's great. I think it's great. Start yeah. start a brand of yeah. milk that's called lactose normal. I want to go back to one thing that you said earlier about eggs not being included in the vegan diet. Is there a particular mm. reason? Because I would love some clarity on that one. Yeah, so it, it's an interesting conversation, especially when I remember having this conversation with myself, actually, when I became vegan. Before I became vegan, this idea that you know, milk is natural and eggs are natural. So what is the problem? Chickens are laying eggs. And the primary challenge is in today's society, the way that we are producing eggs, I guess. I mean, the chickens are the ones who are directly producing the eggs, but we have production facilities in which we not only have genetically manipulated these birds to produce an abnormally large number of eggs, but we're also confining them in horrific ways in order to maximize profits. Egg-laying hens, I mean, this is a very specific industry. It's, it's an egg-laying industry. These are not the same birds who are raised uh, as chickens for their meat. These are completely different birds because they've been genetically selected for whatever trait the industry is trying to exploit. And so egg-laying hens lay over 200 eggs per year, but naturally they would only be laying up two dozen so this oh is gosh. putting a lot of extra uh, energy into their bodies. They're, they're overproducing eggs, which taxes their bodies tremendously, especially the calcium depletion. And so 
these birds will die after one to two years. The industry, they, they can't produce enough eggs to make it profitable for the industry, so they're killed at age one to two years old. And wow. they're not useful for meat, so they're usually just gassed and killed and, and tossed away. And then we're also keeping them, the majority of egg-laying hens are kept in these tiny wire cages where they can barely yeah. even move around. And these cages are usually stacked layer upon layer inside a massive facility where these birds will never walk on grass, they'll never breathe fresh air, they'll never feel the sun, the warmth of the sun on their backs. And their natural behavior is to dust bathe, to, you know, soak in the sun, to scratch the ground yeah. and find food yeah. to eat. And all of those behaviors are thwarted. So it's a really horrific industry. And we do have videos on our website. If anyone does want to see it, our primary website is cok.net. But when I learned that's when I decided I can't eat eggs anymore. Yeah, I get that. I remembered when I used to visit my dad in Jamaica and they used to have a lot of chickens in the back. I remembered how natural it was for them to just be out there because we had a very, very large property. And it was a natural way of them just living. And I remember the eggs would come mm -hmm. in the house and they would hatch. But when you're mm -hmm. telling me they hatch like now 200 eggs per year, I can't imagine a woman having 200 kids a year. I mean, that's just oh, painful. yeah. Do you still feel moved and hurt to tears or pained when you begin to acknowledge what has happened to our human conditioning that has become so insensitive to the living creatures on our planet and also to each other? How do you protect yourself from not getting emotional? It's, it's incredibly difficult. I mean, we're going through really difficult times in our country overall, and you know, there's so much trauma and hurt around us, and that does include, you know, our food choices. There's, there's trauma, there's pain, there's misery in our food choices. And I think one of the ways that, you know, and I'm speaking for myself, but I, I'm sure others who work on these issues are also finding some energy to keep moving forward is that there's so much more dialogue happening today about all of this that you can't fix a problem until you're willing to acknowledge it. And we're starting to acknowledge it and we're starting to see change happen. But I think, you know, with the factory farming industry, sort of like this animal agribusiness industry, especially in the U.S., you know, it, this is a model that is based on exploitation of everything and everyone in its past. So it's, it's not even just about the animals and the suffering that these animals are forced to endure behind closed doors. It's also, you know, destroying the environment and destroying rural communities in which, you know, these, they're, they're putting these factory farms and oftentimes these slaughterhouses. And the workers inside these facilities, they are also victims of this really horrific, terrible system that just needs to be acknowledged, addressed, and hopefully completely changed because it's causing just a lot of, I mean, harm for us. I mean, health-wise, the foods that we're eating from these systems are damaging our health, they're damaging mm -hmm. the environment, the air we breathe, the water we drink. So it's really causing so much on a holistic scale, so much suffering. And yeah. we're talking about it now, finally. Not enough, and, and there's a long way to go, but acknowledging and talking about it. And then, of course, it's also about our options. And, yeah, yeah. you know, the plant-based options available today are increasing in terms of availability and 
they're improving in terms of flavor and familiarness so that we can eat, for example. You know, yeah. Burger King is now rolling out and what they're calling the Impossible Whopper, which is a plant-based burger. And I, when they rolled it out, they have information on their website and videos that they've done introducing this to their regular customers who had no idea that it wasn't meat. Wow. So we're wow. getting to, to that point where these companies are replicating the flavor and textures that we're used to, but without having to kill an animal in order for us to enjoy right. it. It's an uphill journey, Erica, because you know how powerful the meat industry is, and yet I know that the more you keep offering awareness towards the issue, then people can make a choice. And Compassion Over Killing has launched so many campaigns. I think your latest campaign is the one to create vegan pancakes at IHOP. Is that true? Yeah, we yeah we just launched that one just a few I weeks love ago, and it's really taking off with interest. But, yeah, I mean, our goal is, as an organization, you know, first, it's about exposing the truth so people can really see what's right. happening behind the closed doors of these industries. And then giving that information to people and empowering them to make healthier and kinder and more sustainable choices. But then we also want to ensure these choices are widely available. So working with restaurants, either in the D.C. area or nationally or corporations, to recognize that the demand is there and to encourage them to add them. So we're seeing, you know, Dunkin' is adding a, a breakfast sausage to its menu that is all vegan. Hardee's and Carl's Jr. are rolling out plant-based burgers on their menus. And, you know, the meat industry, there are some people in the meat industry who are really digging their heels into this. Mm -hmm. And they're even trying to stop vegan companies or vegan products from being labeled with sort of like the typical dairy or meat nomenclature. Yeah. So you can't use burger. You can't say it's a veggie burger because burger implies it should be from a dead animal. So there are laws that are being passed to stop companies from talking about their soy milk or their wow. soy yogurt. But at the same time, we're also seeing, and that's coming from a lot of, you know, like the beef representatives and the dairy, you know, trade groups. But at the same time, some of the main meat companies, like JBS, which is a Brazilian-based company, it is the largest meat company in the world, uh, they are now rolling out a plant-based burger in Brazil. And it's a meat company. Wow. So, oh, so yeah. some are starting to see this trend happening that, you know, they're in the business of making money. And so if they see that the trend is shifting towards plant-based protein, then some of them are starting to recognize, like, we need to get in this game. So there are, those shifts are happening, and it's really just based on public demand, which, you know, one of the things that we always talk about at Compassion Over Killing is, you know, we can launch these campaigns to try to get companies to add, you know, vegan options, but they need right. to hear from you. They need to hear from consumers. And public, so yeah. get out there and ask them. Yeah. Beautiful. Erica Meyer, thank you so much. Well, we will be seeing you on Sunday, August 11th in Washington, D.C. Could you leave our listeners with any more information plus a website where folks can maybe register or help to donate towards your wonderful cause? And always, 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 I just love having you on air. Thank you for taking the time. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be here. And, yes, I do want to make sure listeners know that our website for the D.C. Veg Fest is dcvegfest.com. You can get all the information there. The event is free for everyone to attend. We do have some extra bonus free stuff, so you need to check out the website for those details. And we also knew this year have a VIP lounge if you want to buy a ticket for that. But check it out. It's 
Sunday, August 11th from 11 a.m. to 5.30 at Nats Park. Beautiful. Look out. I'll be seeing you there, and lots of good wishes. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. So much information, isn't it, folks? I mean, come on. I'm finally realizing that I'm lactose normal. Oh, my gosh, I feel like jumping up into the sky and just going, woohoo. I mean, really, our bodies really aren't designed for certain foods, and it's just been an acquired process, and I was very thrilled. I don't know what that, that point did for me, but it just, I don't know, it just sat really comfortably inside. And gain more knowledge, everyone. Get some information. Find out more. And Compassion Over Killing, they've got so much information, detail websites, campaigns that you can get involved with. Just go to cok.net, which is compa- it stands for compassionoverkilling.net, or just go to DC VegFest website and sign up and find out about some of the freebies that they've got going on. And just, you know, touch base with Erica. Let her know you heard about them on the America Meditating Radio. And keep seeking more truth, please. Just keep looking for truth. There's a lot of good people out there doing a lot of good. And let's not deny them the force needed to continue with the good that they're doing to make our world a better place. Let's save our little four-legged animals, please. I just cannot imagine cooking up happy. (laughs) Our little puppy here who's the mascot for America Meditating Radio. It would just feel so, so painful. Anyway, always remember... No one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission. And we really are here to love each other the same. I'm going to end the show with MC Yogi. Title is called Give Love. Why not? Take care, everyone. Hush, little darling, don't you cry. Every little thing's going to be all right. Don't worry, don't be afraid. Every little thing's going to be okay. Open up your heart and lock the cage.
Sister Jenna, you've been listening to America Meditating Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Did you enjoy that conversation? Because you can also listen to it on Spotify or in iTunes, 24-7, anytime, anywhere. I do trust we all have inner power to become our very best. When we listen with curiosity to learn more, we grow. So thanks so much for tuning in, and do be easy on yourself. Take care.